Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gameology podcast where we cover topics from the world of gaming. Gameology is a place where players of all experience can tune in and learn more on what gaming has to offer. I'm Yaya and today we have Iram, Alan, and Jim as our guests. So if y'all could please introduce yourself a bit starting with Iram. Hey guys, I'm Iram. I'm a second year planning to study economics. I'm currently a member of GM and BCEC and I'm fairly new to RPGs, only been playing for a few months. Hello, I'm Alan. I'm currently studying computer science and I'm also a second year. And I've been playing a bunch of Genshin over the past few months and I'm excited to talk about it. Hi guys, I'm Jim. I'm a sophomore at Berkeley studying EECS. Um, I've been playing Genshin a lot for the past few months, uh, but it's actually my first role-playing game. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. All right, cool. So before we start getting into the game of this episode, which is Genshin Impact, I want to give a little like brief background on RPGs. Um, so basically it stands for role-playing game and it's games where players assume roles as characters and they play through a fictional setting. There are three ways to play, tabletop, live action, and electronically. And across all ways to play the game, there are three roles, game master, player characters, and non-player characters. From 1974, with the release of Dungeons & Dragons to now, there has been a huge rise in the electronic playing of RPGs as streamers are starting to get sponsorships from game developers to help market this type of game. Some popular games in this genre would be Dungeons & Dragons, Fallout, Dark Souls, Final Fantasy, Persona 5, and the game that we're talking about today is Genshin Impact. So a little bit on the history of Genshin. It is an open world, adventure style game. It's very similar to Breath of the Wild. If you're familiar with that, um, basically there's like a map and you go around the map exploring. Um, You fight enemies and you like open chests. There's also quests and puzzles. What's interesting about Genshin though is that it includes a gotcha aspect where you basically roll for characters to unlock more playable characters and as you like explore and do quests you get the in-game currency and that's what you use to roll on the gacha banners. The gacha system, there's like limited character banners, which usually is like around two weeks. And basically you have limited time to roll for a five-star character or featured character, and then a couple of other four-star characters. And then there's also a standard banner that's just there the entire game. It's also a pretty new game. It's very young compared to like other RPG games. And it's only around six months old as of now. So it is still developing and they update it usually every month. There's like a new patch. They are working on like new characters and new events that will be introduced. And right now I think there's around 30 playable characters in the game. So just, I guess, simply what got you into this game? What made you start playing Genshin? For me, I saw a bunch of my Twitter friends playing it and I thought it was really interesting. So I downloaded it and also, I honestly started playing it because it's very accessible, very functional on mobile because I don't have like, I don't have a PC or a console that I can game on. So the main devices that I game on are either like my phone or my tablet. And the Genshin app is really functional. Like everything that you can do on mobile, you can basically do on PC and you can play with players who are playing on PC or console or PS4. So I think that was really cool. and. Honestly, that's 
one of the main reasons why I've been playing it for so long is just because it's so it's so easy. You just open up your phone, you download it, and then you you can start playing. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I actually started. Uh, I heard about Genshin Impact from, I think it was Offline TV, which is a streamer group. Um, basically, in one of their videos, they were sponsored by Genshin Impact, so they had that little blurb in the beginning talking about it. Um, and I just thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I also heard that like some of my friends were also playing Genshin Impact, and apparently it was pretty popular. Um, so yeah, I also started playing on mobile. Um, after a while, though, I realized that mobile was kind of clunky for me. So I actually got a Windows partition on my Mac uh, just so I could play Genshin Impact. Um, but yeah, I started playing because uh, it looked cool and also was free. Um, and it just piqued my interest. For me, I got into Genshin because actually my sister wouldn't stop talking to me about it. She kept asking me to play. She was saying like, oh, you're missing out. And so then... I finally cracked one day. I think it was a week before finals week started, and I started. And I was I was gonna be like, yeah, I'm just going to check it out casually, like not gonna get into it seriously because I have exams coming soon, right? But lo and behold, I got really into it, and then here we are now. Um, for me personally, I had a similar background as um. Like all of a sudden across like one week, I just suddenly found maybe like 10 friends who started playing Genshin. And that's just, that's a, that's a lot of friends to be suggesting Genshin to me. And after a little bit, I, I gave into peer pressure when Jim also suggested Genshin to me. And then, yeah, I was really, what was really appealing to me about Genshin is it's really beautiful, the scenery, the the cities, Mondstadt and Liyue. The architecture is really pretty and the landscape is also really appealing. And since it's open world, you can basically take your entire time exploring all the beautiful scenery. And that's what I really liked about the, the game. Dude, I love the scenery and also like the character designs are so good. So right now Genshin, there's two areas of the map that are like open for exploring one is Mondstadt and I believe it's based off of Germany and then the other one is Liyue and Liyue is based off China like all the architecture and stuff in Liyue is very very Chinese and all the characters they have like I guess Chinese influenced outfits and I think it's for me personally because I'm Chinese it's really nice to see like your culture being represented and I think other like areas of the map that haven't been released yet that they're still developing they're based off of different countries as well like I believe Fontaine it's called is based off France um and there's also I think Inazuma is based off of Russia if that's right I don't know if that's right but they are based off of like different areas of the world so I think that's really cool yeah I could be wrong but I believe Inazuma is Japan which yeah, one, I'm pretty oh, excited for the Inazuma. place that that child is from it starts with an S. Sneeze and Naya, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one. Sneeze and That one's based off of Russia, I think. But yeah, a lot of like the map is still developing. And I think also that's like segue into the next question. What made you stick with this game? For me, it was that, okay, one, it's really grindy. Like you have to freaking, you have to play like every day <laughs> when you're starting off. And there's just, there's a lot to do in the like very early stages of the game. There's a lot of quests, um, there's exploring the map. You have like characters that you have to build um, if you want primogems, which are which is the in-game currency to like roll for more playable characters that you can unlock. You have to grind really, really hard if you don't want to spend money. 
Um, by the way, this game is like free, but there are in-game purchases available. And yeah, it's really grindy, but it is fun. It takes up a lot of your time. Also, it's very easy to like get lost in, I feel like. Time passes so fast when I'm playing. It's kind of crazy. And also just like now I'm at the end game stage, close to end game. What is now like I rank AR, AR 55. And so right now I'm just like running around waiting for the new <laughs> update to happen so I can have more quests to do. But I think also another aspect that pushes this game's longevity and like has its players stick with it is that they tease a lot of the upcoming content. Don't they like leak the new characters that like aren't really standing like, oh my god, wait until the next update where you can like roll for them and then you'll have more characters to play with. And just like they've written out lore to where players like know the lore. They just know that it still needs to be developed. So that's the reason why they stick with the game. I think for me, I stuck with the game because of the story and I really got attached to the characters and their backstories. And then, yeah, like Yaya said, I got a lot of excitement for the leaks and the new characters. So then I really started to do everything I can to accumulate the currency so I could in the future get all the cool characters that everyone's been talking about. For me, I, I'm not going to lie, but I really do find the gacha aspect of the game really addicting. It's just there are so many aspects of the game where you're basically trying over and over to roll the dice for either a character you want or an artifact that you want. But yeah, I feel like that aspect of the game of a gacha game is just for a lot of players, it's kind of hard to stray away from. And it's a source of fun when you're when you're trying to roll the dice and you actually get something good out of it. Yeah, because also you the game is um, formulated in a way so that you can't basically roll the dice every day. You have to wait until 160 Primo Gems or you have enough resin to get new, artifact, get new artifacts. And so um, it really stimulates that cycle of going back to the game day and day after to uh, continue this, or I can say gambling. So um, yeah, it's just really addicting for me and I just, can't stop now. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Alan. Um, I'd say when I started out, it was definitely just like the visuals um, and kind of how it looked that got me hooked in the first place. Um, but as I continued, I would say it's definitely the gacha system that got me like to keep playing the game um, because they are constantly releasing new characters. Um, and I feel like every time I get a new character that has been teased and that I've been hoping for for a long time, um, I kind of get this like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like a sense of accomplishment. Um, and I know it's just like gambling and like RNG, but it still makes me feel really good. Um, and even when I don't get the character, like if I lose the 50-50 and end up getting a character I don't want, um, it still makes me like somehow even more addicted to the game. And I'm like, oh, damn, I, I lost this one. I have to get the next one. Um, so yeah, it just keeps me playing. Um, and also, like Alan mentioned, the grinds, like the daily um, artifact runs and uh, just getting all your resources and leveling up your characters. Um, that's also really fun for me. It just gives me something to kind of look forward to every day. Um, and yeah, I'd say like the RNG aspect and the kind of gambling nature is what really gets me hooked. I also think the re a big reason why a lot of, um, Genshin has a lot of player base over the past few months is because it's very casual. It's, as a game, it's not difficult. If you just put in a little bit of time, you'll probably succeed with the story quest and um, most of the content in the game. So I feel like for me, who's currently not looking for something too intense, it's perfect because I just have to put in maybe like half an hour a day and um, my characters are going to be way too strong for the world. So it's going to be a very casual experience. And I just really enjoy smashing everything really easily. It's really satisfying. 
Yeah, I definitely think like the closer you get to end game, the more less intense the game is, which is nice because you can just go around and kill stuff or just join the game, do your commissions, get your rewards for the day, and then just like log out. But I do want to talk more about the gotcha aspect because that shit has drained my money. So <laughs> let's okay, I'll explain it a little bit more in detail because it is like kind of complicated basically like the main people like people mainly roll for the limited characters so how the limited character banner works is that there's like a featured five star character and the drop rate is like insanely low but it's every 90 wishes you have a guaranteed five star and so like you could get a five star like before that but you'll definitely get one by your 90th wish but on the featured character banner there's a chance that you won't get the featured character like you have the 50% of getting the featured character or you can get a different five star but after like if you lose the 50 50 the next five star that you get will be guaranteed to be like the limited character so that's like a lot of incentive to roll especially if you really want the featured character and rolling is really expensive <laughs> like every wish with in-game currency is 160 gems it is pretty expensive considering that like the packs that they have to sell like that you buy with real money don't give you that many gems so this game has like made so much money hold on i have a tweet that i found it's from sensor tower on twitter and it says genshin impact surpassed 1 billion in player spending in less than six months marking it the fastest mobile game to reach that milestone so um to put it into perspective a hundred dollars in this game it gets you exactly 50 wishes and on average if you want a five-star character um, it takes about 70 to 80 wishes. And so that's about one, what, $160 just for one five-star character. And it might not even be the one you want. And so you can imagine how much money you'll have to put into this game if you want every character that looks appealing to you. Yeah, so in general, players are kind of split into two categories. There's the F2P, which is like free to play. And there's the whales. Whale is like spending a lot of money on the game. And for me personally, when I entered the game, I was like, determined to be an f2p player i was like i'm gonna have self-control i'm not gonna spend any money at all um but then there was this incident where so basically there was this new character coming out called hu tao um and then before that there was this banner um that featured kuching which is not even like like she's one of the um starter characters that got released at like the launch of the game um and i already had two copies of her so i got unlucky and enrolled her twice um, she is like, she's a good character and I, I like her a lot, but like getting a duplicate Kaching is kind of useless. So I was like, okay, I'm definitely not going to roll on the Kaching banner and I'm definitely saving for Hu Tao. Um, so I didn't roll. And then I got to Hu Tao. I got to like 78 wishes or something. And then I got a Kaching. Like I lost the 50-50 to the character that I purposely didn't roll for. So I got really pissed and I was like, okay, I'm going to quit this game. I'm going to do it. Um, but then like two minutes later, I was like, no, I can't quit this game. I have to get a Hu Tao. So then I spent like, let's see, I spent $5 getting like the monthly pass, which basically over a month, it gets you a net total of like 30,000 Primo gems, which is maybe like around 20 to 30 wishes. And then I also got this thing called the battle pass, which gives you like a few wishes, but it also gives you a bunch of resources. And then I spent the next two weeks just like endlessly grinding for Primo gems by opening chests and everything. Um, and I finally got my Hu Tao. So yeah, that just, that's an example of how the game gets you to spend money, even if you make up your mind not to spend money. You know, I actually have a story that's really similar to your predicament. So I'm actually, I was actually someone who 
who's never got Kaching and I really wanted her. And I lost the 50-50 on Ganyu's banner and I got Mona. So when Kaching was released, I I bought the Welkin Moon for like two months before Kaching's banner officially came out. And then I actually used my guarantee on Kaching, but then in the back of my mind, I knew that Hu Tao was coming after because of speculation, and it turns out it was actually true. So then I had to renew my Welkins again, so that's already like $10 down the hole. But then I got really lucky, and not only did I get my next 5-star in 35 rolls, but I actually won the 50-50 and got Hu Tao. And because I had like no pole arms, I did not plan on being that lucky. I bought the Battle Pass to get the weapon for Hu Tao. So in that whole episode, that just annihilated my F2P status. Yeah, I feel like what the one thing that I don't, or I feel like they could do better is that like the difference between paying in this game to play versus staying F2P is like really big. At least like, because the featured like five-star characters, they're hecka strong. Like they're way stronger than the characters that they give you for free or like the starter characters that you get. And so like not having a featured five star, your gameplay is or your gaming experience is like very different compared to having the five stars. So I do think that like there's a lot of incentive to pay if you like want a better gaming. Like if you, if you want to make the most out of this game, normally you would probably at least buy a Welkin, which is like the monthly pass. I feel like most players do it because it is like, it's only five dollars but it does stack because it renews every month and also the battle pass once you reach like level 30 you get a weapon if you buy the battle pass basically but the battle pass is ten dollars and it's also monthly so that's like fifteen dollar monthly subscription if you buy both of them every single month but also sometimes like you lose the 50 50 and then you have to buy like actual crystal packs that cost a lot more in store the character that i spent the most on for me was Xiao because I lost the 50-50. I got D Luke instead. And then he like refused to come. I was very unlucky on his banner. Um, but I really wanted him. And then so I just like I spent money. If you guys know like the store and the different crystal packs, the only pack that I still have the starter bonus on is the hundred dollar pack. <laughs> I bought all the other packs. But yeah, I got Xiao eventually, but he did drain my wallet and then with Huta, I got lucky. Like all the other five-star characters, I've been playing since like the game first came out. I didn't get Ventir Klee or Albedo, but I have like all the other limited five stars. Um, but with Huta, I got really lucky. Oh, wait, I got Venti the second time. I didn't get him the first time. But with Huta, I got really lucky. I won the 50-50. And then Venti gave me a heart attack because I lost the 50-50. I got Diluc again. So I have his con- I have his first consolation. But then Venti came home. Like I rolled five more times and he came home. And that was super lucky. And I'm really happy I didn't have... I thought I was going to have to buy the freaking $100 pack, but I didn't. Well, if it makes you feel better, none of my none of my crystal packs in my shop are double value anymore, so... <laughs> oh my god! It's okay. Yeah. Maybe um, one day I'll end up buying the $100. Also, but another yeah. reason why I feel like Genshin is able to retain its player base and make so much money is because the Battle Pass and Welkin are just so much value in many ways. Um, So Battle Pass and Welkin... And simply put, it's it, you put in five or ten dollars, and it gives you a lot of resources over a period of time. And since you have to constantly log in for, in the case of Welcome Moon, and constantly play the game in the case of Battle Pass, um, it encourages players to come back and get their value 
from their money, which is kind of it stimulates their mind to come back to the game every day. And also, um, since it looks on paper like a lot of value, and it is, but in reality, that's just making it so that it looks it looks like we should spend more money on the game. That's probably what uh, Mihoyo wants us to think, but it, it is successful in doing it because it really. If you just play the game at all, you'll, you'll know how much value these two things give. And it's just so appealing to pay for them because they're not even that expensive. And the thing is with the monthly pass, it's not like you get one like burst of Primo Gems right away. You actually have to log in for 30 days straight to acquire all of the currency that you paid for. So in a sense, the transaction itself forces you to keep playing the game. And I feel that's pretty smart. Yeah, you have to like log in to claim it or else you lose. I think every day it gives you 90 gems, but if you don't log in, then you lose that. So basically if you pay for it, you have to log in every single day or else you're like losing your money's worth. Yeah, and with that, I think um, the leaks actually really help. Um, so basically like before a new character or like a major event is going to be released, um, there's usually people who mine for data and kind of leak the new characters um, and release like, like closed beta videos on what the characters are going to look like when they're playing and stuff. And I think that really helps because like ordinarily you wouldn't really like if you're just trying to whale for one character, you wouldn't think of buying Welkins because it's like you won't get enough Primo gems until like 30 days later. But because there's leaks, a lot of people end up buying Welkins early to prepare for getting the character that they really want. So I think it's like like the game is trying to crack down on leaks currently, but I feel like the leaks actually really help the game make money. Oh yeah, going off of the leaks. Um, recently, there's been leaks about a village or a housing system in Genshin. I've heard, and so I heard it's gonna be similar to like like a base building game or like Clash of Clans if you've ever played it, or like I don't know Dragonville where you construct a base of your own. And I feel like that's just gonna be another factor of encouraging players to come back to the game every day because I I imagine it's gonna take a lot of grind to get resources to build your town and. The aspect of being able to build something on your own and showcase it to your friends is kind of exciting and interesting to me. So I'm looking forward to it. Wait, yeah, it like it looks like The Sims. Honestly, you like decorate based on what I've seen. You like decorate your own room or something, and you probably have to like grind really hard for the materials. I also think Genshin is unique that like it has opportunity to kind of expand and poke around at like different genres because they can like introduce it as a mini game. So like overall the game is still like RPG and you go around, you adventure and do quests and stuff. But like with the recent banner or Venti's banner and like the event that we just had, all the mini games I feel was really interesting, especially like the rhythm one. They introduced a really small like rhythm game into the game overall. It was like a mini game and you like, I don't know how familiar y'all are with rhythm games, but it's like, if you play- um, It's like Osu Tap Tap Revolution. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are, yeah it's like that and it was just like there was no action involved which i thought was really interesting they were just like they brought a different game into the game and i feel like they have a lot of opportunity to do that with other genres as well and just like keep the game interesting oh wait speaking of leaks are y'all saving for you uh, i feel like i just had to when i saw her character motto like she just looks so good Kind of similar to what when I first saw Ganyu, they just look so appealing. Mm -hmm. It's the the aesthetics of the game is really is really good in every aspect. Um, there's a lot of nice details, uh, not not just the characters too, also the landscapes and um. I've I've been an anime lover for a really long time too, so 
um, these characters just kind of suit my, my, I guess, my taste for art. And yeah. Yeah, I, okay, when I saw Kaching, I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm going to get you one day, right? So I started playing since Zhongli's Banner, and I think by like a month later, I had like a full four set Thunder Soother, like Lion's War. I basically had everything ready for Kaching. I was being really delusional, I'll admit, because like she's a she's a standard banner, and like I had no idea she was gonna get like a dedicated banner at the time. So when she did come after uh after Shao, I was straight up over the moon because I already had like everything ready for her, and the second I got her, like she was fully ascended, fully geared that same day. So my goal for the game is to get like this is gonna sound kind of degenerate. But um, it's to get, like, an entire five-star waifu team. Um, and Eula is, like, like, I saw her design. She does look really cool. But the character I'm really, really waiting for is Ayaka. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know, Ayaka is a character that's that was released. Um, basically, like, when the, or it was released in closed beta, basically, when the game was launched, I think. So it's been teased for a really, really long time. But no one really knows when she's coming. But yeah, I'm like, I love her design. Um, she's also, I think she's like based off Inazuma. So she's like Japanese. And that really fits with the whole like, you know, anime idea. So yeah, I also like anime. And yeah, I think if I get Ayaka, she would just complete my entire like five-star waifu kind of setup. So I'm really excited for that. Hopefully she comes soon. But I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be rolling for Eula or Feiyan, who is the other character that's kind of teased to come out soon but yeah Kuching Kuching is really nice Kuching was my first five star that I got when I started playing this game um and she'll always be my number one waifu oh uh, I was just gonna ask are you, are you guys excited for Rosaria coming out in two days what do you guys think yes. of Rosaria oh my god I okay honestly if I because she's a four star so she's like it's more common to get four stars than five stars so if I get her I I don't know if I will like use her because I already have a lot of characters that I need to like ascend and stuff and build. Um, but she's really cool. And I feel like she's pretty unique in that like there aren't adult quotes around like adult characters in Genshin. Like the ones that I can really think of are like the Mondstadt characters and like Zhongli. Because the, the rest of them, like most of them are, they seem really young. Like all the like Chongyun, Qingqiu, and like Bennett and Fischl, they're all like on the younger side. So it's really interesting that they introduced like a new four star who is like an adult and she's a nun, I think. And she works at the cathedral and she's just, she's really cool. Yeah, she seems like for a nun, she seems like very serious and very responsible too. Because if you play through the storyline through Dragonspine, she's always checking up on the player to make sure everything's going right. And yeah, I'm, I'll probably roll on her banner as well because I kind of want more constellations on Tartaglia. Yeah, she also her visuals are kind of cool too because she's cryo. She has the cryo vision. I feel like it really suits her personality. She's kind of cold and stuff, and I'll tr probably try her out once I get her. I saw this one Instagram post where there's actually a pattern in like personalities and what vision that they get assigned to, and I thought that was really interesting. Like pyro is for like the really passionate people, and like like you said, the cryo people are like cold, and like. What really interested me was like Electro, where it's, they have like a unique perspective of the world. Fischl has 
she sees the world through her own imagination, like her own identity is imaginated. And like Kaching doesn't believe in the archons when everyone else does. And in that way, she's different from the others. And I thought that aspect of the lore was pretty cool. That's really cool that you brought it up because I've actually never thought about it that way. But I think that's pretty accurate for a lot, a lot of the characters. But when you mentioned Pyro and how everyone's really passionate, I thought of Diluc because Diluc is the five star, first five star I got. And uh, he doesn't, he's probably the most not passionate person in the game, maybe. I don't think anyone else is as like, calm looking and collected as he is but uh yeah i think it is still mostly very accurate for most other elements or characters and so i think that's a really cool point that you brought up yeah we can't forget about our boy bennett most passionate little boy in the game true that's true yeah i love bennett yeah i think the lore they did a really good job with like world building and creating like each character and having their own storyline and also the NPC lore is really interesting too. Like when I get bored sometimes I go around like Leo or Monstat and I just talk to the characters. And it's just really nice knowing that like each character has their own backstory and sometimes the NPC characters like overlap in their stories. So like one NPC might mention another one. And I just think that's extra details that I thought were really cool. Also on the topic of, I know you mentioned earlier how y'all are into anime or anime fans I thought that was that was interesting because I don't like anime and I feel like a lot of Genshin players share that kind of overlap a lot of Genshin players watch anime or like are into anime and I think MiHoYo capitalized off of that because the Japanese voice actors that they use for the game are very well known like anime voice actors as well and so I just thought like that's really smart of them honestly and the voice actors did a really good job but yeah a lot of characters actually have inspiration from actual anime characters. Like most notably, Jean is a lot like Saber from Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night. And also Zhongli's ability is like Uchiha Madara from Naruto. Oh, that's actually really weird. Yeah, I've that's, never that thought is, about wow, that. That's crazy. I've never thought of yeah. it, but it's very accurate. Also, yeah. on top of that, um, I don't know if you you heard about the anime, but um, Fischl with her like really... I don't know, I'd call it weird almost, but it's like really um interesting way of perceiving the world. It's kind of like the anime called Chunibyu. I don't know if you heard of it, but it's a similar girl who acts all weird and stuff and like pretends she's from a different world. And she also has an eye patch, so it's very similar. Oh, wait, I actually never made these connections. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Japanese voice actors that um, Yaya mentioned before, um, so basically like, a lot of the the characters are actually voiced by like very very famous japanese voice actors and like honestly like 60 50 to 60 percent of the reason that i wanted to get uta was because of her voice actor um so her voice actor is actually the same voice actor as this character called megumin in um this anime called konosuba and that was one of my favorite animes and also i think she voiced the like female main character called Amelia in this anime called ReZero. So because her voice actor was like so well known and also voiced some of my favorite characters in anime, um, that really made me want to get her. Um, and also just to drop a few names on behalf of MiHoYo, other like voice actors that are really popular in Genshin include like Nezuko's voice actor from Demon Slayer, which like even a lot of non-anime fans know about Demon Slayer. And there there were more. Kirito, oh, Kirito from Sao? 
but yeah they spent a lot of money getting um japanese voice actors so like i think a lot of uh genshin's player base actually plays in japanese instead of like their native language um and uses subtitles uh so yeah that's really cool yeah i play in japanese and i think some other names venti's voice actor i believe is hinata from haikyuu i think and then Dane's Leaf. He's not a playable character, but he's like been in the game or there's like been quests surrounding him. But his voice actor is um, Nanami from Jujutsu Kaisen. So it's really cool how they like, they brought in really big names. And yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning in today for episode two of Gameology. And special thanks again to our guests, Iram, Alan, and Jim for participating. And we hope to see you at our episode next week on Horror Games. Bye.